On this episode of The Clappers, we talk about the least worst form of telecommunications. We talk Chernobyl. We talk Wild Rose. We talk Yesterday. And a little bit of a talk, not much, don't worry, about Fleabag, Season 1, Episode 1. Welcome to The Clappers. This is Andrew Young. And I'm Carl Quinn. Carl. Andrew? I watched the episode of that show you talked about, Fleabag. I, yeah, I talk about many shows, but yeah, I'm glad you gave me the I name. Remember the, remember the name? Yeah. And, and so, um, you didn't tell me, we didn't tell the listener how posh the... Phoebe. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, how posh she is, mm. one. B, you didn't talk about the... Oh, I love that when people go no, one yeah, and I, then I, B. I do it on purpose. And then third. Because I know... <laughs> well, you're, just, you're stealing all my material before it even leaves my mouth. It's bad enough you steal it once it's on the page. Uh, and secondly, breaking of the fourth wall. Thus, in, thus, thus comedy ensues. You didn't mention that at I all. I think I probably did. I mustn't have been paying attention. And uh, I normally no, that. I normally am riveted to your every word. And I was watching it and she keeps saying, and anyway, what I'm about to do is this. I wouldn't believe that I went and did this and I pretended this just so that when he turned up, I could pretend to be doing this. I thought, uh, uh, this is not at all the kind of... Not did you no, like or dislike no, that? No, oh, no, no. It was fine by me. Sometimes, oh, that's so annoying. Yeah. I didn't mind it at all. It suited the show, I reckon. Luckily, uh, she didn't invite you up on stage for some audience participation because that would really have been testing the friendship, I suspect. What, like through the glass through of the, the, glass, the television? Yeah. Really, really breaking that fourth wall. Yeah, be, be, be <laughs> lacerations all over me. So it was okay. Uh, okay. You know, the show, That's yeah, it was the best okay. You can do. It was okay. I, I, I don't mind the satire. I don't, you know, again. Again, middle class satire is is not really my favourite type of, of thing, um, and of course, Olivia Coleman is just looking at anything she does. You know, she could just walk across the room and hand you, you know, an, a serviette, and and it would be worth watching. That's episode four. Okay, good. <laughs> Goodness, she's she's great, of course. Yeah, there was nothing wrong with it per se, but it it, it didn't really. I'm um, tell you what, I haven't been going. Oh, mate. I'll, can't wait to get home and watch episode two of season one of Fleabag. No, no, not at all. Well, and about, I wonder about, though, I wonder if this? this wasn't your metier watching shows and commenting on them yeah. and writing about them. I wonder if you would have watched it either. Like think about all the stuff that you watch and, and try to try to separate it into things that if you were a civilian, would you have the time to sit well, down and watch okay, that? Okay, I can, I can address that. Good. Well, I can try to address that. Wow. There are now upwards of 500 scripted uh, shows being produced every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's I think that's just out of the US and North, North America, right? Okay, yep. Um, then there's all the stuff that comes out of the UK, out of Australia, out of other territories mm-hmm. that we may or may not be exposed to, and through SBS in particular, you'll be exposed to some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to yeah. choose from, right? There's a lot on. So yeah. I generally uh, have a have a TV review column in The Age and Sydney Morning Herald every second Saturday, right? right. So there's 26 shows a year, let's mm-hmm. say, right? I've done I've just done eight on the trot because the, the guy who does the other week is away, right? Okay, yeah. So let's say I'm up to 30 this year o- over the spread of things, okay? Halfway through? I don't know. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, let's, let's say as it balances out at the end of the year. Oh, maybe, okay. maybe I've done 30. Okay, okay? yeah, okay. Yeah. That's it. That's what I'm, that's what I'm doing, right? So... Oh, yeah. I'm doing 30 shows out of the more than 500 mm. that are produced every year, mm. right? I'm not going to just randomly yeah. go, ah, what's this? Oh, that's crap. I'll write about it, okay? Right. I'm pre-selecting. Yeah. I'm pre-selecting the things that I think are going to be of interest to me, the things that I think it's worth dedicating a column to 
and uh, sharing my views on with readers. Yep. Okay, so yep. it's like it, it's already winnowing, right? It's mm-hmm. coming. It's not just mm-hmm. a random selection of what's out there. So the to the question of would I have chosen this? Yeah. The answer is absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Right. Yep, because. Uh, I'd heard enough about it to pique my interest. Okay. I started watching. I saw the trailer, in fact. That's right, what I yep. did first. I went, that looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched the first episode, loved it, What binged the whole season, and then fairly quickly thereafter found season two yep. and did that and then reviewed the show on the basis of season two. Right. right? With reference to season one as well. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, nobody's holding a gun to my head. Mm. I'm... <laughs> Really? We will see. We will see. Now that you're in the strange looking house of sticks. Look, I wrote a a column a couple of years ago that was addressing the sort of like the absolute tidal wave of TV content that's out there. And what I said then holds true and even more so now. It's just that there is so much out there. It's impossible to be across it. Yeah. I feel guilty about how much time I spend watching TV and not actually speaking to my family, right? Okay. And then I feel really guilty about how much stuff I'm not watching as well, you know? It's yes. Because it is my job, yes. right? It's, yes, it's yes, yes. So do. I'm wondering, I mean, and apart I from your... I, I don't just spend every waking, working hour at yes. my desk watching TV. I actually have to write about yeah, things. Yeah, of course. Other than TV uh, as well. Other than your predilection for uh, self-chastisement. Which we can trace back. I think I, we know I, where. Oh, can I? Can I just drop a <laughs> drop in here? I, I know. Cue the world's smallest violin. Okay, don't. I'm not. Oh, no, 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 I'm no, no. I'm not pleading for sympathy. No, no, no. no. I was just talking I was just about say, the conundrum. You, you, you uh, uh, I'll say it again. As much as you enjoy feeling guilty about things, mm. I don't think you should feel guilty for for the amount of television you watch. Given that that's your job, it's like the the. I don't know. I liken it's you to uh, a petrol. Station attendant feeling guilty <laughs> for pumping petrol in people's cars. I, I've done thirty cars and it's not even eight o'clock in the morning yet. Oh, I'm terrible. I'm I could have done so much more. I could have. What else? This is terrible. <laughs> Who have I saved? Nobody. Uh, Probably saved a few people from running out of petrol. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's a saving. So the petrol station, which of course these people don't exist anymore. I, I come from a time when a woman would roll up to a petrol station with a couple of kids in the back seat and sit there. While a man would come over, she'd roll down the window, hand him some money, mm. and then sit there, mm. and then off she'd drive. Yeah, well, can I say, and uh, look, I, I love my wife dearly, Yep. but she would be very happy to find herself in that particular time warp where that still happened. Mm-hmm. She gets very, very excited on the very rare occasions when she yep. finds a full-service uh, you know, petrol station. Where are those petrol stations? Oh, I came across one not so long in ago. Australia. Out, yeah, in Australia? Yeah, I came across one not so long ago. I think it was St. Arno or somewhere out in the okay. country. Right. all right. I was out there. I was oh, they've got a lot of work. time out there. Well, I pulled into the <laughs> station. I went to get out of the car and suddenly there's this guy there going, no, no, get back in. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? 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 Oh, yeah, it's, quite, it's very disorienting. Lifesavers for the children? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of TV shows, mm. here's one I have caught, mm-hmm. finally. And uh, this is this is one of those things where I did feel guilty for about a week and a half because right, okay. everybody was talking about it. And okay. it's like, oh, when am and I going to find you hadn't. time? Yep. Okay. When you say everybody, do you mean the people in the office or the people in the world? Uh, both. Okay. I mean, when I, and obviously when I say everybody in the world, it's not everybody. No, It's no, a no. very small subset no, I of people. I understand. I understand that you yeah, don't know everybody. Chatter. There was a lot of chatter. Yeah. Okay? Chernobyl, right? Yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah. So five episodes, it's uh, an HBO series airing on Foxtel. Well, the good we did. It doesn't matter. 
What does matter is that to them, justice was done. You see, a just world is a sane world. There was nothing sane about Chernobyl. I did watch this and I binged this on the weekend, not out of any sense of obligation or duty. I wasn't writing about it. It was purely like, this thing is amazing. Mm -hmm. It really is every bit as good as word has it. It's great. Okay. Uh, it's unrelentingly grim, though. I mean, it, it is a... a, a it's fairly... about a nuclear disaster. In case people <laughs> listening don't know what Chernobyl refers to, it refers to, I think, in 1985... 86. Uh, 86, a nuclear meltdown that sent radiation across... Uh, to the West, uh, across Western Europe. And, you know, they were finding it in all kinds of frighteningly remote locations. And it killed, uh, uh, we, we won't know exactly how many people, uh, because the Russian government immediately put a lid on it and... Uh, well, the Soviet, or the... You're right I, to say Soviet, not Russian. It, was Soviet, it was Soviet, but it remains, yeah. the Russian uh, estimate is 31 deaths, mm -hmm. right? Uh external estimates put the total and this this goes beyond the initial explosion and into deaths from nuclear, yeah. from radiation poisoning and cancers and so on mm -hmm. uh puts it somewhere between 4000 yep. and 93000 uh, yeah. i've i've seen an estimate of 200000 even so it's impossible to know as you as you rightly so uh, rightly say uh it did obviously wreak havoc in um that area is near near Kiev, I yes. think, um, and uh, which is in the northwest of Russia, and it of what is now Russia, of what was in the USSR, poisoned yeah. land, poisoned animals. There were there were military squads going out and hunting down animals, mm, because destroying they, them. They carried, they carry it. yeah, carried fact, radiation. People should know that mammals, especially are prone to suffering from this because the fat in us, in mammals, is really sucks in um, various cancer-producing chemicals that are found in the environment. And so when radiation comes, it, it's very, very serious, very serious. Yeah. For and it's, it's, it's an amazing series because it captures, it, it sort of makes the science relatively accessible, although there have been articles, of course, there have been articles mm -hmm. that surface saying, the 10 scientific things, or the, the Chernobyl oh, yeah, gets yeah, wrong, yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. They did that about the Queen, is it, what, what's the Crown? They right. did the 10 things the Crown got wrong. Right. So that in a Reader's Digest. Well, you know, people love a listicle, don't they? Yep. Or at least publishers love a listicle. They I, do. I don't know if uh, readers love them quite as much as they did, say, five years ago, but, mm -hmm. you know, they still get produced every now and again and I haven't read that stuff so there yeah, are no doubt it. there are no doubt points Wait at which it isn't precise but I think that it I think it's playing pretty a pretty straight bat on most of most of the facts here and it's an American production did you say it, it's uh, the cast is largely English yep. with some well Stellan Skarsgård is is in it and he's Swedish he's not no he's not yeah. Johan Renk who directs the the five episodes is Swedish the writer of it is a guy yep. called Craig Mazan who is American I guess you say it's a multinational production but uh, you know th there is very much a, a, it feels like an english production yes. in, in terms of the casting of it emily watson is in it uh jesse buckley is in it who uh is currently in um a film called wild rose which okay. is uh terrific um and she's an irish actress oh, okay uh, yep. and and singer and uh, Jared Harris, who's probably best know known Jared from Harris. Mad Men, I guess, son uh, of Richard, son Harris. of Richard Harris, indeed. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's it's a it's a fantastic production. And he's great, Jared Harris. He that, is. That's good. I'm glad. He's and he in. plays a scientist who uh, 
is drafted in basically to try and, uh, you know, very early on after the explosion to try to work out what's happened and how to respond to it. And, of course, the Soviet bureaucracy bureaucracy doesn't want to hear mm-hmm. anything about how bad or out of control this is because that's bad for Soviet morale and mm-hmm. Soviet sort of self-image and, and the scientific image of the world. Uh, so this is, yeah, so there's this kind of, uh, you know, tug of war between the, the sort of the push for the truth and the appropriate yeah. response and the public image. And it's, it's a very, very interesting I believe thing. a similar thing happened recently at Fukushima. Yeah. That has come out. Well, except that Fukushima, I guess, I mean, the Japanese, although there is obviously a sense of honour and pride and all the rest of it, it's not a it's not a totalitarian re- regime in the same way. As, not in the same way, no. As the right. Soviet Union was in 1986. So, yeah. yeah. Is it... Com- you've watched it all? Yeah. Is it... Com- Completely contained within the Soviet Union, or the, or does it step out and look at other no, parts of the it, world? Because there was some satellite, like there was some what the Soviet Union was saying, uh, satellites and other technology that was able to measure what had really happened was able changed the changed the whole. Yeah, well, I think you know once I realised that the Americans had s- satellite imagery of something, mm-hmm. uh, they realised that they weren't able to keep it secret anymore. Once the, the Swedes started saying we've detected uh, high levels of nuclear nuclear radiation at our plants, at our nuclear plants, but they're not ours. It's not mm-hmm. ours. Yeah, it's come from elsewhere. Uh, they n- were no no longer able to keep it secret. So and this all happened very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. It was frightening. Terrifying. Was frightening. I mean, there's, there was a, there's, uh, I think it's a second episode maybe where um, the discussion it's it's early in the, in the sort of the crisis and there's a risk that the, um, that the heat being generated by this exploded reactor uh, mm-hmm. is going to superheat water that is in tanks. Uh, in the in the plant that are there for cooling, yeah. Um, the the tanks are meant to have been purged, but f- for some reason they're actually full of water at this stage. The the risk is that they're going to explode mm-hmm. and take out the other. Th- I think it's three more reactors in mm. in the plant, thereby creating a giant nuclear explosion. That uh, I, I, if I remember it correctly, the the suggestion is that it would have left. Uh, Ukraine and Belarus uninhabitable for a hundred years, mm. and potentially have killed up to fifty million people. So yeah. I mean, the scale and everything that of would blow crisis. across the Atlantic. Of course, yeah, yeah. of course, it would then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now it's not going to. It's not going to just stop in in Ukraine and Belarus. It's going to keep going. But I mean, the scale of the threat that they were dealing with mm. in those hours and days yeah. immediately following the the crisis or the the explosion is astonishing. It mm. just does your head in. You kind of go, I, you know. You, we we now assess it as like a a disaster, but one in which you know it was largely contained and the deaths were far lower than they might have been. But you kind of go, and exactly how bad could it have been? Yeah, really, really bad. Yeah, well, Coot Island. If uh, I wasn't living in Melbourne, I came just after that. There are a lot of a lot of strange corruptions. A lot of mani- manifest is what tells you what which chemicals are there. So the firemen turn up to a disaster and they look at the manifest and it says this is what's being stored and this is what's being stored. So they know the appropriate response. They were all wrong or non-existent, yeah. and that could have been a massive, massive public health disaster. The third a third of the state's petrol fuel were uh, kept in refineries right there, right next to it, and certain prevailing winds did or didn't move in a certain way to protect a lot of Melbourne from what had happened as a result of that. And it's always a luck situation. Yeah, Harris... Uh, Harrisburg, Three Mile Island was a, a similar yep, situation. Yep. 
1979, I think it was, uh, that that disaster, but also a film that I saw that just terrified me for years afterwards called The China Syndrome. Yeah. Have you heard of that film? Yeah, yeah, Have you, you saw it? Uh, a long time ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's a similar situation. Yeah. The rods are, 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 are heating up the water that is going to expand, of yeah. course, and create this big pressure, an explosion so big that it will go right through to China. And there's one man, in, I'm gonna, if you haven't seen this film, I'm going to tell you what happens in the end. There's one man who has been warning about uh, lazy safety protocols and corners being cut, and he's deemed to be a madman and they they retrench him or something and he gets back in and he kind of holds the place hostage and shuts it down and he gets the, the the tv crew that are there by just by chance and they film the whole thing it's a bit bit of a network style scenario yeah. and uh, it doesn't come to a good end but nuclear disaster is averted and i i, I thought like this is this is good, this film, because everybody now, oh, it's only little, everyone now operating nuclear plants will see this film and go, yes, we must be safe. We must take more care. We mustn't cut corners with our safety. Well, the thing the thing about Chernobyl is that like, the, the scenes inside the inside the control room, mm-hmm. you kind of go, it's The Simpsons. It's not, <laughs> it's yeah. not that dissimilar. Yeah. I mean, it's not quite that slipshod, but mm-hmm. it's kind of people not really knowing what they're doing mm. in these these moments of great critical uh you know risk yeah. i guess yeah. You know? yeah anyway it's fantastic yeah it sounds and, and it the sounds, tension, well, the tension we know what happens in the end so it's well, not like yeah, but there the, is tension all oh, the yeah, way through I, 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 and yeah, there's a hearing sure. and yes. the hearing has a kind of a sort of a thriller kind of aspect to it and uh, it's, it's great. It's absolutely mm, great. Good, I good. Totally it's on recommend it. On Fox Hill. It's on Fox Hill. Okay. It's an HBO series. So I'll uh, watch the um, the video when it comes out. I'll go and well, get that, it out from the video shop. That'll be possible. I'll, I'll, I'll hire it from the video <laughs> Back shop in 1986. for three days. <laughs> three days for $5. Or I can get 10 videos for, for $10. What happened then? What happened after? All of it. All of it. Madness. So Stephen Conroy, if you remember, was... Uh, I remember Stephen Conroy. He, he, he was the minister who was going to really ride that fast, fast, super... You're talking about the National Broadband. Super uh, NBN. National Broadband, Broadband Network, NBN. That train. How exciting that, that was that? Train. Oh, you know, it was exciting as the multifunction polis. Do you remember the multifunction <laughs> polis? Old MFP. Yeah. That's the level of excitement we're talking. So I, re- I moved a couple of years ago. Not quite as exciting as the VFT. No. Oh, God, let's talk about that when it happens. Uh, I moved a couple of years Do ago. Do we'll still be alive? Yes, we will. <laughs> and I had I moved from a house that had cable through, through Telstra, yeah. which, so it was, it was, it was as, as fast as, as humanly possible, yeah. uh, to uh, a street which had, had cable as well, except for my house. <laughs> my house. My house, no cable. They knew you were coming. I rang them up and spent many an hour berating, chastising them. And I said, no, 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 ADSL, that, that's all you need. Who's that remind you of? Malcolm Turnbull. Malcolm Turnbull. Oh, when Malcolm right, Turnbull right. assumed the role as Minister for Communications, he told us in no uncertain terms that he knows how fast the internet needs to be. A couple and of tin cans and a string. Fiber to, the, no- fiber to the note is good enough for you, peasant. And so I was told that 
car ADSL 2 was good enough for me. And I disputed that, but no. And then they started digging the whole joint up to do the NBN, which is now... You got excited, right? Which is, no, because now we, we, we no longer have the uh, much vaunted and proven excellence of the fibre optic table. We have what is now known, uh, and if I'm being kind, I'll say erroneously, um, as hybrid fibre cable, mm. HFC, mm. which sounds even more futuristic, really, mm. doesn't it, than mm. fibre to the home or fibre to the node? But no, it's not. It's copper. <laughs> it's the cable that I was denied that I will one day be allowed to have. So I'll be back up to, what, 30 or something. Uh, the whole point is that Winston Churchill once said that democracy is some, something like the, democracy is the the worst, the next is is the least worst political system that right. there is, you right. know, and Telstra is the least worst company that there is to deal with on this matter. <laughs> they are unbelievable. Uh, I rang them. Oh no, I did did the chat, the online chat with them to say, uh, look, the uh, just wondering what, what what's going on at the moment. Is is this coming? What what, what do you offer me? Blah blah blah. Uh, and they said they, we did a whole lot of back and forth. Took about forty minutes, you know, establishing my credentials and everything. The consultant comes back to me with, uh, "Okay, so we, we can offer you this much a month." And uh, how does how does that sound to you? And just as I was about to answer, the chat dropped out. <laughs> the chat disappeared. I'd been on for forty minutes because yeah, my my, my you uh, used your monthly allowance. My, clearly, my my. <laughs> my um, my monthly, my, my, what do you call it? My plan is over, right? Right. And it, and it ended quite a while ago. And they've been charging me an extra $10 a month since for nothing extra, just for the privilege of not having a plan. And so I was wondering, well, I better find out what the story is. And so they were offering me a plan significantly less than I was paying, which is good. But I had no opportunity to respond because it disappeared. So yeah. I set up another chat. Oh, hi. Uh, you know, so can I talk to so-and-so? Twinkle was the name of the consultant. I no kid you way. not. Twinkle was the name of the consultant. Uh, can I speak to Twinkle? Hi, this is Cassie. What can I help you? No, can I speak to Twinkle? Because we had the whole thing set up. No, we can't do that. How can I help you? You can't help me. You can't help me. And need I point out how ironic it is that this telecommunications company that is charging quite, quite, point this out to yes, Cassie? Yes, to Cassie, mm. quite significant sums of money. And then I was offered an opportunity to do a survey, mm. which I, I pointed it out again and said, um, and, and by the way, I was told that this is how much I use each month in determining how much I should get. But when I look on my, my plan, when I look at my account, it says that I use zero, 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 zero internet, which is very odd. And so they set me up with another person <laughs> who asked me to establish my bona fides and then asked me, uh, it says here that you don't use the internet. You haven't used the internet for months. How do you use the internet? And I said, I assure you. Two tin cans. Five ways. This is how I use the internet. And <clears throat> how many devices, all this stuff, right? And I said, look, how do I know how much I use? Yes, it says you don't use it. Are you using the internet now? I'm typing in, how do you think we're communicating with each other? Am I using the internet now? Am I using, are you kidding me? Where, what do you think? What do you honestly? What is going through your mind as you're typing this? See, if it were Twinkle you were dealing with, yeah. she might have thought it was oh, magic. Look, you she know. she she understood that the goddess is dancing and that magic <laughs> happens. Don't worry. Uh, so nothing, nothing, nothing. I get a phone call today, and I'm told yes. Or did you? No, I got a phone call, and I have to say, this is very unlike Telstra. They called me once, they left a message. They called me twice, they left a message. They called me thrice. No way. Each time, they said, I'll call you back. And sure enough, the person, the same person, actually called me back to tell me 
that I haven't been using the internet for the last few months. But don't worry, it's been happening to a lot of people. There's a lot of people not using the internet for the last few months with Telstra. And I said, you understand how absurd this conversation is and, and that there's some pro forma that you're going through, but you can't actually help me. I've spent so much time talking to Telstra. I don't want to talk to you. There's nothing that you can do. I know you escalated it up to a third level uh, technical whatever, but I think it now needs to move up to a second level technical breach or whatever, whatever you're calling it. Just put me through it. to Franz Kafka, please. I, 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 I just want to know how much I use. So then you see, I can, I can set you up with a consultant to sort you out with a plan. No, no, no. No, I don't want to be sorted out with a plan. I, I just want to know how much I use so that then but I you can use know. zero, clearly. Yeah, well, then I should get a massive a refund. refund. <laughs> and I said, and by the way, I want that $70 back, please. I want that. And I will get, listen, I'm going to get that $70 back and more. When myself, Andrew Young, signs up to a new plan for his home internet, his home broadband internet with Telstra, I will get that $70 back and more. And you will hear me return to the clappers at some point in, I hope, <laughs> oh God, I hope, the very near, near, near future to say all this and more has come to pass. Yay, verily. Oh, dear. I, I was just, I'm just going to add, uh, add a little, little coda. Who are you with? I'm just going to add a little coda here to mm. say that we got a notice recently mm. saying that MBN's on in our, it's in on. our it's area, on. finally. Yeah. It's on. And, and a notice from Telstra to say, don't sign up. <laughs> Oh, good. Oh, good. I don't know why. Oh, good. You know, um, it is one of my favourite books, The Trial. The Trial. It is one of my favourite books. The trial. You never anticipated living in it, did I, you? Actually, I have. I, did, I was in a situation once where I was put in an appalling position and the first, the first thing that went through my mind was somebody must have been telling lies about Joseph K, which is the first sentence of the book. He wakes one morning and there are two men in his bedroom telling him he's been arrested. And they won't tell him why. Yeah. So, yes, it's, it's a, if you haven't read the trial, I don't think you should. I'm going to tell people, don't read this book. Why? Because the world we live in will just make your head swim and spin. The hours you have spent already on hold on the phone, the emails that you've sent over and over that seem to be processed by a computer who's, uh, it doesn't speak English and so sends you back something that is unpassable and unintelligible. It's very frustrating. Uh, and you can lose an hour or two without you even realising it, sitting there having those bizarre chats, mm. those bizarre online chats. So uh, don't read the trial um, and like, be like me. Don't use the internet. Or use it, but for zero Yeah, for hours. zero hours. <laughs> Every month. Every month. Andrew, yes. I just want to talk about a couple mm. of movies, yeah, musicals, because yeah. I know you're a big fan of musicals. I love a musical. Do you? I do. I'll tell you the ones I love. I love South no, Pacific. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. I love we're the Pajama do, Game. We're not going to do that. No, we're not going to go. No, 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 no. Have you seen any any musicals since 1963? No. That was Cabaret. A, that was a, that was a Cabaret. rhetorical question. Cabaret since 1963. I've seen true. that. Yeah. I did start watching Chicago. Uh, Fossey Verdon. Oh, what do you think? I've only seen the first episode. I That's thought it was all great. you need. That's all terrific. you need to know if you want to see any more. It was terrific. Did you see Evan Handler? I want to watch more of it. My wife uh, wants to watch less of it. She oh, fell asleep good. about halfway through. Yeah, look, I fall asleep in things and, I'm, and I still like them. I just, I'm tired. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, I'm not yeah. going to talk about okay. Fosse Verdon. Right. I'm going to talk about um, the pyjama game. I'm, oh, I'm, I just so want cool. to talk briefly about Calamity two Jane. musicals that are out at the moment. Yep. One I just uh, mentioned the star of, Jesse Buckley. It's yep. called Wild Rose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the it's other, a movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the other is Yesterday. Right. It's a movie. Uh, th- that's correct. It's a mu- is that a mu- would you call that a musical? Yes. Okay. Good. Yes. Yes. Good. Well, look, yesterday's. Well, ah, okay, okay. This gets into that whole thing of like, uh, can it be a musical when when the is, is it a musical when the music mm-hmm. is kind of incidental, say, or it's it's sort of integral, but it's not it's not necessarily it's not driving musical. the plot. No, it's right. not a musical is where you're talking and no, all of a sudden you're being very narrow in your definition. Mm-hmm. You, you're being very. You know, oh, no, I dispute that I'm being narrow. I there think are I'm some being musicals precise. where everything is sung. I'm being well; they're called operas. I'm being no, precise. Not. <laughs> I'm being precise. Right. Uh, anyway, talk about those okay, films. Two, Wild Rose. Two films with music. Yeah, two films with music. One called Wild Rose. Wild Rose, which is uh, about a, a a woman in Glasgow, single mother, two kids. Mm-hmm. She's been in jail for heroin trafficking. She's out. Mm-hmm. Uh, her mum has been looking after the kids. Uh, she's Come back home. It's a bit sort of a bumpy landing yeah. as she comes back into the world, and she's got a, a sort of an abiding dream, a passion to be a country singer, and she's got a great voice. She's got a lot of tragedy she to draw on. To, hasn't she, she wants three chords in the truth, mate. Three chords yes. in the truth, <laughs> as she has tattooed on her arm, and uh, it, it could be hokey as all hell. Mm. This film, it, I, and I can see that you, I can see already yeah. from your demeanor, from your. Superior air. Um, it's, it's just not an affectation, you understand. I, no, I do. I do understand. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. I understand. I understand all too well, Andrew Young. You are, you are nothing if not sincere in your superiority. Anyway. <laughs> Tell me more Rose about Lynn. the heron addict country singer. Rosalind, her yeah. name is, mm-hmm. uh, played by Jesse Buckley. Dreams of going to Nashville. That's all. Yeah. That's all she's got in her mind is she wants to go to Nashville to make ends meet and uh, finds in this the wealthy woman whose house she's cleaning somebody who actually takes an interest in her and tries to help her get there. Right. Yeah. All the time though, she's keeping secret the fact that she's got two kids. Right. She's not this free, wild young spirit uh, who is actually in a position uh, yeah, to do much about this. Yep. Right. Yep. So it's about this kind of you know conflict between her reality and her dream mm-hmm. and you know the length to which she will go to pursue that dream mm-hmm. and whether that dream is in fact worth pursuing in the end anyway it's it's a kind of star is born kind of tale to some degree yeah. as Come if, it, daughter, if it were directed by Ken Loach mm-hmm. right because it's got this kind I'm of glad you're using the uh, if directed by Ken Loach I like it yeah it's got this kind of dirty kind of anchored in reality kind of thing yeah. there is a fantasy element about like mm-hmm. she's got a great voice and eventually somebody will realize that and something will happen for her there is that element right? okay yep. there are plenty of people who've got great voices nobody ever notices no. nothing ever happens nothing for them happens, and no. that's probably the more likely scenario if yeah. we were just yeah, yeah. doing yeah. the ken lose just ken lose yeah she'd that's be, what would happen she'd lose her she would, she would lose her job as yep. a clinic yep. yep. she'd be back on the gear yep. and who knows what she'd be doing yep. to make it anyway this film Although it's got a, ho- a lot of things that you might kind of go, oh, yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, I do that a lot. You that do was that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
it's actually great. Good. It's great. And Good. one of the reasons it's so enjoyable is Jessie Buckley. She, okay. She's amazing. This it's, I saw her in a film called Beast, which was at MIFF last year, mm-hmm. right, in which she's on, I think it's on uh, the Isle of Man, I think it's the Isle of White or Man, I can't remember now, but she's basically... By the cats. <laughs> she's just a sort of, uh, you know, she's in her early 20s. She's got nothing going on in her life. She hooks up with this this guy who everybody seems to think is a bit of a loose cannon, maybe is responsible for having killed somebody and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it all, it's a very intriguing, tight mm. little drama. That, okay. that I saw her and went, who is this woman? She's awesome. Right? And here she is. And here she is. Here she right? is. So in, Wild Rose is kind of being held up as a bit of a breakthrough vehicle for her. She's also in Chernobyl in, in a fairly yes. significant role Good. in that as the, the wife of a fireman, a firefighter, okay. yep. who uh, is one of the first responders and unfortunately doesn't last yeah. a lot longer. So uh, yeah. she's she's on the on the radar in a big, big way. So I, 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 saw, I saw Wild Rose and I went, who is this one? I want to, want to find out a little bit more about her. Turns out she was the runner-up on a, on a reality TV show called I'd Do Anything mm-hmm. in 2009 in the UK where the prize was uh, a lead role in a West End musical. The judges included Andrew Lloyd Webber mm-hmm. and uh, Cameron McIntosh. And it was... It, what is are you doing with your eyes here, man? Sorry. <laughs> what I'm doing with my eyes is I'm trying to recall, I believe it's the musical post-1963. Yeah, I could be wrong. Go on. Oliver yeah. has the song, I'd Do Anything. Mm. I think it is Oliver, actually. Yeah, it is, it is Oliver. I think it's, yeah. it's Oliver. Because yeah. I was just wondering why that would be called that, and then I worked that out. So yeah, that's why yeah. I was doing that. So with my, like Bob Hawke, when I think, my eyes roll to the back of my, back of my head, head. <laughs> and my eyebrows knit together <laughs> in firm association, left and right. <laughs> anyway, she was runner-up. Yep. Right. She was like 19, I think, 18 or 19. She'd just come off the boat from Ireland. She was, I don't know if she came by boat. She probably came by plane. <laughs> she came off the boat, shoeless, <laughs> chewing a bit of grass, pinafore. Walking through the streets of London <laughs> with a wheelbarrow full of cockles and mussels. <laughs> alive, alive, oh, she sang. And <laughs> Anyway, so what was her song? Obla awesome. Dee Obla Da? Was that the song no, she sang? In the, what in, in the runner-up? To no, 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 no. So you take only you take this much interest, but no more. I watched a few bits and clips and things on mm. on YouTube. Very, very terrible low-res copies. Okay. I've got to say, where there was this blurry shape, which may have been Jesse Buckley okay. as his curly-haired mm. sort of, you know. Oh, well, she's very oh, excited to be on Anyway, she was just like she was just like this young, sweet girl who like had no idea what was going on and here she is a decade later she's suddenly on imdb she's gone in the last like few months she's gone from 1300 to number seven you know it's just like she on the star meter yeah, thing, yeah, which, yeah. which seven star meter is basically an indication of how much people are interested in finding out about you right yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not it's what not your what you're is. gonna get no no no, yeah, no. but it so does indicate the last time i saw somebody go through that kind of like rapid rise was yeah. margot robbie Right. Okay. And she okay. started doing yep. the talk show yep. circuits yep. in America. Yep. And bang! She went up well, you can after see. Wolf of Wall Street. Now, let's anyway. not run out of time to talk no. about. Yes, this sounds like the film you've just spoken about sounds yep. far more interesting than this other film. Yesterday. I would say it's better. Yeah. It's better. I, look, yesterday mm. is. It's kind of like a high concept movie. I mean, well, no, it's not kind it's of a like low it is. Concept no, movie. Well, no, high concept in the sense of that's a term that was coined by Hollywood in the in the eighties. I think yeah. it was a uh, Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. Great filmmakers. <laughs> Will we ever see their like again? What a like, shame. It's basically the, high concept is a, is a term that basically referred to 
you can sum up the the premise of the movie in a line. Yeah, right? yeah, in, in yeah. twenty, you know, the the player, the twenty five yep. words yeah, yeah, pitch. Yeah. Okay, the the high concept of of yesterday is a fairly ordinary, but but you know, with aspirations, singer songwriter. Uh, his career is going nowhere, is hit by a bus when he's riding home after a gig on his bicycle and he wakes up, it, like he gets really messed up, but when he wakes up in hospital and eventually emerges from hospital, he's sitting down with his mates and they say, play us something and he plays them Lennon and McCartney's song Yesterday, well, Paul McCartney's song Yesterday, nobody's heard it, mm-hmm. right? And suddenly he's in a world where the Beatles did not exist and only he seems to know that they did exist, what they did, what they wrote. He's got their songs yep. in his head. Of course, he has to scramble to try and remember, remember the lyrics the words. and piece them together yeah, and all the yeah, rest. Yeah. But he's able to basically pass these songs as if they were his own, as if he were the creator. And suddenly, he has a career. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's the premise. And it's yeah. like, it's a pretty good idea if you can accept the sort of you know, yeah, ridiculousness of it. Yeah, you've got to jump through it. a few different yeah. um, plausibility hoops. It's written by Richard Curtis. Yep. Who you know, Love Actually. Um, I know Richard Curtis. Notting Hill. We all know Richard Curtis. Four weddings Curtis. and a funeral. We right? wish that Richard Curtis maybe was a world where <laughs> perhaps someone got knocked on the head and they woke up and there were no Richard Curtis penned films anymore. And then you could write them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would As write if. four bloody funerals and a wedding. Four funerals and a divorce, I'd write. Jeez. Oh. But the bizarre oh, thing, the bizarre yes. thing about this Is it film, heartwarming? It's directed by Danny Boyle. Yes, and I know. It's like, and it's like, it it makes total sense as a Richard Curtis film, but it makes zero sense as a Danny yeah, Boyle yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it, you know, mm. zombies, junkies. I yeah. mean, this yeah. is not Danny Boyle's world. It's, yes, yes, it's yes. It's so mind-blowing. That's right. He made that film, there were two of them, about some awful uh, uh, event, um, like a bacteria or... Yeah, or 28... Uh, 28 days 28 days later yeah, and, yeah. there were two of them yeah, yeah. I never and, saw them. and apparently he's doing a third they didn't, they, that, again those, those kind of films that are, those apocalyptic things are, I'm not opposed to them but for some reason the stuff Richard Curtis has written man well it's exactly what you'd oh. expect of a Richard really? Curtis film so it has a really good night tonight I've got a couple <laughs> of things going on really looking forward to them and you know, I feel very deflated now don't be like funny that. Funny taste in the back of my mouth. It has. It has. Some Julia Roberts is she in it? No, she's not. Because I like Julia Roberts. Right. Okay. I really <laughs> like Julia Roberts. She's one of my favorite American actresses. Really? Yeah, I like her. I Are think you she's telling great. the truth? No, I am. I love her. Well, I don't love her, but I do like how she laughs, and I do like her her personality. Right. I have a friend very closely resembles Julia Roberts in right. style and in personality in real life. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and that's not why we're friends at all. Right. It's just a coincidence. But no, I do. I like Julie Roberts. I can't tell you any other well-known American actresses. This has I, Lily James like. in it. And she's... she's no, Lily James. You will, have, you will have seen her in... Well, she was in Downton Abbey. She was uh, in that. Cinderella. She, you know... Uh, yeah, okay. I'm just going to keep drawing blanks here, aren't I? Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you, anyway. you go to the doctor if you're shooting blanks. I've got a <laughs> procedure that will sort you out. Don't worry. <laughs> anyway. Look, it's a, it's a really... <laughs> It's it's an okay film. It's an okay it's, film. It's, oh, it's, you have to listen to those songs, though, don't you? Uh, well, you know, some of us don't mind them, but you mm. know. Mm. Uh, anyway, let's not get. It's got some funny yeah. moments. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah. yeah, The funniest moment, probably people will have seen if they've seen the trailer, mm. which has Ed Sheeran offering the advice that that he he ought to change the uh, the lyric from "Hey Jude" to "Hey Dude." Oh, <laughs> I, haven't, I, didn't, I haven't seen the shot. Let me just give you this advice: song title. Hey, 
dude. Hey, dude, are you sure? Hey, dude. That's so much better. But that's good, actually. That's good advice from Ed Sheeran. <laughs> That's good advice. I didn't even know who he was till he came and did something at the football at the grand final a couple of mm. years ago. No idea. And the, the, Why have they got this guy? Who's this guy? What yeah. does he do with his little guitar? What's he doing? He's he's actually pretty funny in it. In that yeah. he he kind of funnier than when he was in Game of Thrones. Uh, well, he manages to both be himself yeah. and also sort of you take the Mickey out yeah. of himself yeah, a little yeah. bit, just gently, you know, mm-hmm. without. Not too much. No. Not too no. much humiliation. No, but Poor just man. enough. Just yeah. enough sort of self-awareness of the <laughs> figure of fun that Ed Sheeran <laughs> perhaps is in some quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, better than Game of Thrones? I, I don't know. I thought that Game of Thrones appearance was kind of hilarious, although inadvertently so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. That's people, yesterday. Carl says to see yesterday, but, but if you've got to choose to see Wild Rice. Wild Rose. <laughs> Wild Rose. <laughs> Well, that's it for this episode <laughs> of the Clippers, apparently. Next I think week, we need to go and get some oxygen or something. <laughs> next week, I hope to be $70 richer. Let's listen to the next episode to find out what happens. <laughs>